When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Here podcast. We have a lot to talk about tonight. A lot has happened at Sunderland Association Football Club since around Thursday. We're going to crack straight on with it. And joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker tonight is Craig Clark. Hello. Back again. Hello. Back um, again. Just indeed. doing loads of pods at the minute. Feel energised well, by the situation in both good and bad ways, I think. like uh, In a way, I haven't for... For months, yeah. probably. I yeah. don't know about you. Yeah. I suppose we'll get it's, on to uh, that. It's, yeah. it's feast, I mean, we spoke off on the show about uh, how it's just been. We... When it comes to pods, I find, with Craig, it's feast or famine. Goes missing for months, and then he'll do like 10 on the bounce. I'm Darren Anderton. <laughs> Chris, Chris McGuire of pods, I reckon. Well, we'll make the most of it while he's, while he's here then. Also, we have Chris Weatherspoon. Hello. How's it going? Hello. Uh, it's going very well, thanks. Lots to talk about tonight, lads. Um... Managerial appointments, sport and director appointments, Sunderland being shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, see, that's and, why I haven't um, been coming on because that that recurring theme has just driven me to the uh, edge of despair. Uh, and uh, of course, questions um, that we still have around what's going on um, because there are certain updates we thought we would have heard by now, and we haven't. So let's start from the beginning. We did a pod last week. Uh, well, we were sort of not est- not not estimating, but we were kind of leaning towards the fact that Gus Poyet might get the job. Um, I think yes. it's fair to say yeah. that that people in the club thought that was going to happen. I think there was definitely definitely truth behind that. We we could speculate all night about why why mm. he didn't, but I I feel like there's too much to talk about to not even go there. Then we had Danny Cowley was on the radar as well, who who spoke to the club. We think again. There could be all sorts of reasons what went wrong there. What has happened is the club have gone for Lee Johnson. Thoughts on that initially? If we go around, go around. Gareth, you want to start? Um, when the news came out that he was uh, an option, I was kind of like, I'm kind of fine with it. Like, uh, in a way, I mean, he, he he's, you know, he's been managing at a higher level. You know, you could question that, like, you know, he hasn't got a promotion from this division and that's the remit for, for this situation, but he still has been managing it, you know, in the championship consistently for a number of years. Um, and he, you know, had a team, there's arguments to see he should have really got Bristol Rovers into the playoffs. Sorry, Bristol City even into the playoffs at some point. Yeah. Um, in his time there, given this, the amount of money they spent and, you know, when we played and they did, you know, they, they were half decent. Um, yeah. So from that perspective, yeah, it's I'm, I'm kind of fine with it. Um, I wouldn't say it was like, and it's not being, you know, I understand that we're in League One and so other clubs might look at that and go, that's quite a good appointment really for like a League One club to get that manager. But I guess with everything swirling around, you know, with, with regards to the, you know, the takeover and or the, whatever you want to call it and, you know, the fact we were linked to Gus Poirier initially, I don't know, it's, I, say, I would say I'm just, you know, I'm fine with it. <laughs> that's as, at this stage, that's as far as I'd probably go. I'm not unhappy or anything, it, I'm not being negative, it's just, you know, it's fine. Well, I think the first thing I would say is he's in massive, well, right, massive's a bit of a, maybe too much, but he's a big upgrade, I think, on uh, on Phil Parkinson. So if you told me sort of three or four weeks ago that we'd get rid of Parkinson and we'd get someone of Lee Johnson's sort of calibre 
a championship level manager, I would have had to say, yeah, I'd be happy with that. Context is king in Gareth Wright. Uh, the fact that Poyet was very recently and very tangibly linked to the job does change people's perceptions, I think. McCullough's um, the way... I think it's not just Poyet. It's also the way everything's happened, the way it's unfolded. We're talking about it on, on Thursday as well. There were echoes of the kind of Jack, Jack Ross dismissal. There was takeover talk then, that, and then there was a sacking, and then there was a... Suddenly, it took a while, and then out of nowhere, Phil Parkinson was manager. And to an extent, Lee Johnson's a little bit out of nowhere as well. Uh, as you said, Stephen, he wasn't really the first... One of the first two names that, that had come up in, in conversation. But, as I'd said on Thursday... I wonder whether he might be the right kind of character. He seems like he's got a bit of fire in his belly. He's, you know, he seems to be quite into sort of statistics, and he's got a wide sort of range of approaches. Almost, he's going to produce, hopefully, if he can, with the players at his disposal, a more attacking brand of football as well. And I think fans will take a shine to that after what we've been served up for the past twelve months, anyway. A Barca style of player. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> that's, a throw, that's a throwback for you. Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like a week ago, I'm not really sure. Uh, well, listen to the Thursday probably was nobody's first choice on there, but I'm not. I, I think the, the the more concerning things are not actually his appointment. It's like what Craig said there. It's like stuff that's surrounded. Like in terms of his appointment, oh, well, we've got time. We've got time to get on with <laughs> that. Yeah, no, Chris, don't worry, but we'll give you we'll give you your platform. Don't worry about that. Let's let's talk about Lee Johnson as a manager. No, in terms of, in terms of him, like, yeah, I think I think he's a, I think he's an upgrade on Parkinson. I mean, towards the end of the reign, I think one of us would have been an upgrade on Parkinson, but. Um, Look, this well, game. results since he left might suggest otherwise, but well, uh, continue. True. Sorry, Chris. He, <laughs> no, 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 he, he plays attacking football. He's meant to be tactically flexible. Um, he obviously thinks uh, quite deeply about it. You can tell that from some of his utterances already and that, so I think. It ticks a few boxes in that, and I think um, he's got very Legend of LinkedIn vibes about him, some <laughs> of the stuff he says. But that's not necess- that's not necessarily distinguishing him from a lot of uh, like up and coming managers and that. And I think I think yeah, I mean, like's been said, they did a decent job in the championship. And if look, pe- people can we can talk about like like what we want like a few years down the line. But at the minute, we're in League One and we need to get out of League One. And look, I, I think the manager should be a long term choice, and they've given him a two and a half year deal. But it's the raw wider stuff that is it's primary that that's a long-term thing so I think you would you would look at him and you would say um, as a manager in this division he should he should be good enough to get us out of it and I think, you think sorry just when you were saying about longer term stuff it is interesting that I think his situation at Bristol City might have been somewhat similar to what we're hoping to put in place here with the kind of wider sort of uh, I don't know what, what what's his official title technical director sporting director Anyway, there's going to be some kind of behind-the-scenes thing where there are going to be other people involved in the in this, you know, transfers and management of things. So if he's used to that kind of structure as well, it does at least seem like there's some joined-up thinking there. I think um, yeah. one I, of the uh, I think the club sorry, were. No, I, was gonna, I was just going to see. Uh, the, go on, Stephen. Yeah, right. I think you've got a delay again, Gareth. Um, I think the 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 club were look looking in a way that you know that they had this calibre of manager available. So even when Poyet turned us down for whatever reason, suddenly you've got Danny Cowley, Paul Cooks in the frame and Lee Johnson. Mm-hmm. And this is not to be negative, I just think... Well, I think... When, when I saw those three candidates available, I thought, well, we will end up with one of those three, surely. Yeah. Okay. And in truth, in truth, I think I would have been happy with any of them. I think that's, I think that's a... I don't know, that's kind of hitting on like the wider context and stuff. But I, I think you brought this up last week, Stephen. I, I think... Look, I'm not Johnson in and of himself. Like, I'm not really complaining about some of the negativity around. I don't quite get. I think, like, I'm not. I haven't seen much, mind. I'll be honest. I haven't seen much negativity. Most people I've spoken were fairly happy with it. I've seen like a fair few people saying that it's like unambitious and whatever. And but well, I, I, I tell you what's interesting. Really... He was probably. I, did, I mean, it's just they're just daft polls and they don't get masses of numbers. But initially, when I put up who was your, your favourite of the three, because there was kind of three in the running. 
you could rule Poyet out by this point. He was by far and away the least favourite initially yeah. until but it I became think... very apparent he was going to become the manager. Then there was a bit of a resurgence in people voting for him. But then largely in the poll the following day, people did seem you know, I, I think largely very happy with the appointment. I think what Stephen said last week was interesting, though, and that, like, like I, I agree that they probably are fortunate that you've had, like, well, four managers who've been linked, who've all been out of work. But I do, there is a part of me that slightly wonders, like, why is it only managers out of work, out of work who we were linked with? Like, if, if think, this truly is this new dawn do you not think that, that we're hoping for, I would have thought... Do you not think that they? I would have just thought that the, the, the net would be cast a bit wider. Do you not think that the calibre of managers available who were out of work at, at the moment was probably um, a little bit of a higher standard yeah. uh, as opposed to last yeah. time? I, I think. I think. I think you look. I think it's fair that you look at that first personally. You you, you say let you know let let's see who's available who's out of work, and if that's quite a strong list, you don't need to I, really worry about going to to buy people out of the contracts. I can kind of understand that mind for no, no, certainly I, I, for I League One that. club as well. I get that. I, I suppose. Like I say, I'm not arguing against his appointment. It was just the fact that we were only linked with them. I think one thing that was interesting that he came out and said was he was pretty open about the fact that he'd um, <clears throat> he'd done all his research for another job, and um, the rumor was that that was Derby. I'm not sure how true that is, um, but t- to me that doesn't scream that like he's been. I know we've we've talked about Poyer and that, but it it doesn't scream that he was like the one that sounded out for a while and said, look, like you're, you're strongly under consideration, if you know what I mean. He said I, himself it was 48 hours. He said it was a whirlwind 48 yeah, hours. Well, the club getting in touch. Fine. Yeah. To be fair, that's, though, not, that's uh, not his fault at, at the, all. At the same time, if you wanted to put a positive spin on this, um, as, you know, rather than being, a, obviously, you know, obviously very negative here at Wiseman saying slag everything off apparently. But um, <laughs> if you want, if you want to put a negative, a positive spin on it, you could say maybe they didn't sound him out because they didn't think he'd fancy it. So he'd, you know, dropping a level, especially if he was preparing, say, to take a job like Derby County, maybe they were thinking, well, you know, we the, the vibes are that we're not. He's not somebody we'd be able to bring in. That's, I mean, that's complete conjecture. But if you wanted to. If you wanted to speculate to that extent, then maybe that would be a reason why. I don't know. Um, well, Derby's another another club, aren't they? That's in some kind of random takeover yeah. turmoil situation, and they've been linked with people like Rafa Benitez, who's commented on the size of Derby County. So, I mean, if Derby are being linked with managers as far ranging as Rafa Benitez to Lee Johnson, it it's hard to know how much of this kind of stuff you can. You can yeah, sort of trust. trust. Yeah. Even if he was preparing for that job, true. doesn't mean that they definitely wanted him either. They could have been using him to sound other people out. Um, I, I do think, though, like it's interesting that he's he said, like what Stephen said there, that it, it was a whirlwind thing, and then he that he's taken the game on Saturday. Um, to me, he kind of look. I certainly don't put any blame on him for Saturday. No chance. But, but this, but this was the risk. Like it's like. I have no doubt somebody somewhere has said, "Hey, look, it's only Wigan." We'll lock it He's probably there. said that himself. <laughs> I mean, I, I was even toying the idea whether we should have a debate about this. I don't even think there's anything to debate. I think it's quite simple that he thought this is Wigan. This is a game they'll win. So if I'm in the dugout, it'll look like I'm off to a flyer. Yeah. Because I can't see any other logic in in doing that. Because nine out of ten times you'll go and sit in the stands, you would watch it, and you would just you I know just, look yeah. at your players from distance, wouldn't you? And everybody in that situation has done that before. And, you know, let, let's like I say, we can't really blame him for it, but in hindsight, I bet he wish he didn't know. Because well, I just think at the time, like a lot of people were like shocked by it, and I don't think anyone would have begrudged him if he'd said, like, there's, there's two ways to look at it. You could say it's a daft decision because you can't really affect anything, and you might get tarnished with it. I don't think any of us are tarnished, but some people no. will. Or the other is. He might have gone. Look, no, I'm ready to step up. I don't care. I've only had an hour and a half. I'm going to. I think rather than rather than the fans, I would say it's more more what impression it gives on the players, what it leaves mm. on the players, because the players are in the dressing room, and then a manager, and then somebody brand new who doesn't know them at all is yeah. going in, and then saying, and then giving them instructions. You would think 
and then they go out and lose the game at the bottom of the league club, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll be worried that the players might come and say, "Well, what, what was all that about?" Yeah, do you know what I mean? Where like you know, he, he should have just left that up to 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 Taylor to do and watched it. We all know that, of course, and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's thinking the yeah, same now himself. If we but, if we'd won, if you know, if we won the game, people, we, which we didn't, but if we won the game, people wouldn't be talking about that. I don't I don't feel as though his decision. Well, of course, I wouldn't. Yeah, but I don't feel no, as though his, I, I don't feel as though his decision to take the game. Had any bearing on the result positively or negatively? And yeah, he's, no, he's probably no, trying. No, I, I, probably, I don't. He's no. probably trying. No, I agree with that. I don't, I don't know. He's either. probably trying to piggyback on the, on the you know, like you said, logically. Yeah, if we, you know, this should be a, a win regardless. But it just goes to show how the level of regression that we've experienced to the to where it was such. I mean, that was arguably. <clears throat> The worst of all the turgid performances we've seen in in terms of the lack, just lack of everything, lack of intensity, lack of you know, lack of movement, lack of aggression, you know, lack of being positive, like being positive on the ball, wanting to do positive things. It, it was just you know, it was, but again, this is you know the second game in a row where we played a team in the bottom three. We've taken one point and. The reason we've taken one point is because of very, very poor individual mistakes that have cost us. One with Matthews against Burton, and then yesterday with sorry on on Saturday with with Wright, who for some reasons just dawdling on the ball in the middle of the box. You know, it's really poor. And that, why does this keep happening to us? Why does this keep happening <laughs> to us? We, we we keep we keep playing these teams, and then yes, like you say, we we didn't play well, but we had all the possession, and we had. And then teams just seem to one chance and make the most of it. I know like what one mix I up know and like why. we get we get punished almost like we're in the like we're playing against a Premier League team or like one chance and then. Well, it's the then fans, it's, isn't I mean, it? That, it's that, the fin- fans that finish, it's that crowd, finish, crowd getting on the back, Stephen. It's that, the that fans. Finish, um, that finish for the lad for Wigan was a great finish. It was a good finish, and, and that was very much like if you're in the Premier League, well, you'll get punished if you give the opposition yeah. a chance. Not so much a Burton one because that was a, a howl by the goalkeeper, yeah. but. Um, you've made a point that's an interesting point Craig because I've said that you know I've got no doubt in my mind that you know it does I know that we went in a terrible run under Parkinson but at the minute again it feels like we've bottomed out to some extent I agree with that and I just think at some point somebody and you can make your mind up what I'm talking about would have suggested that this was the fans' fault in some way they still will anyway if, if something goes belly up in the next week or two or the results don't pick up, somebody will find a way to blame us for it. And like you say, it's total, it's total bollocks. I mean, it was bollocks last year. I was thinking back to, can you remember when we played Burton and we got beat last year? And the fans did turn that game, but they only turned when it became apparent that players had stopped playing. There was a there was a rallying point in that game where four sides of the ground were cheering them on. We were drawn one one at home to Burton. So <laughs> yeah. it's it's never it's never been like it, it's the basically it's what failures do to try and deflect away from themselves like the the fans have got nothing to do with it like Saturday it it just to be honest it, it was two things for me it screamed like as soon as we went one down the good start just disappeared because we had actually started the game quite well but then after that the, the good start disappeared and then we just we just looked clueless like we didn't look like and again like you can't blame the manager for this but absolutely not the, the team the team the, what, the tools he's going to have at his disposal at least until January and possibly beyond just they're so slow and one paced <laughs> and so un, uninventive that it's like like look I think one of the things that gets lost amid all the anger and that is we have been unlucky with injuries like any sort of creativity <laughs> Keeps getting injured. But do you, do you know we what? We have so few, few outlets. Do you know what's really interesting though? It's, obviously, we'll, we'll probably talk more about what he said after the game. And it was nice to hear someone come out and nail it and say, This is why it wasn't very good. And we've been talking about it like previous weeks. Cross, crossing, from, crossing from the wrong areas, crossing from like 40 yards from goal on, on the wing. No, like don't do that. It's like a low percentage ball. It's a low <laughs> percentage ball in the box. It is. It's just a stupid. It's a stupid cross. It's it's crossing for crossing's sake. It's like let's just like it's like a monkeys and typewriters cross. Let's just bomb bomb enough in there, and eventually it'll work. 
It's like, no, it's not it's how it It's a works. David Moyes approach, yeah. isn't it? You've got Thousands have, of crosses. Yeah, you've got to have more. <laughs> you've got to have more, even at, at, at League One level, you've got to have more nous than, than that. It's it's not as simple as that. And what he was saying was was absolutely right about, you know, lack of movement. The amount of balls that, you know, went in there, which weren't great crosses, but at the same time, there was nobody trying to make anything of it across the front post. And, you know, people are hanging back. And then you've got, you know, at times, you know, Will Griggs dropping off to hold the ball up as a lone striker. And then once he's laid it off and turned around, he's hearing to get into the box because there's literally nobody in the box apart. He's dropped, he's come out of his area. Nobody's gone in. Obviously, McGeady's rusty, but he wasn't, he wasn't coming in narrow enough when, when, when the ball was on the right side. He needs to, he needs to start. You know, he needs to get into that back post when the ball's coming over. You know, things like that. It's just is that basic that's stuff. right. But like the the thing, obviously, everyone was getting excited about McGeady playing at that. But first of all, yeah, he's rusty. Second of all, he's thirty four year old. Like he's not, he's not gonna be someone who's gonna like stretch teams. He's not gonna be. He's not like this massive injection of excitement. Like yeah, okay, he's, he's probably arguably the most technically gifted player in the division. You could say, but. Like we need, we've been in this league three seasons, and we don't seem to have got the point that unless you have some sort of variety, you're not going to get out of this division. And it's it's the same now. Like I look at, I look at the team on Saturday, and it's just it's just full of like plodding one pace footballers who, mm. and especially when we get on a bad run, we get on a really bad run. Like this isn't the first time it happened. It happened last year. It's happening now. Now, obviously, everyone's hopeful that it's going to turn around. Like we've got a new manager in that, but well, the tools I don't envy him at all. On this, the on tools this, he's got a dreadful. On this, especially if you're thinking about the way he where he well, plays exactly. football, because it's very different to this. But at least that is the football we've all been asking for. How many it years is. have we been going to watch the match now um, in the last few years and say, "Why is there no pace in our team? Why is there no power in our team?" He acknowledged at the end of the game, and it feels like such an obvious thing to observe a comment on, but nobody else has rectified this problem. So we're about to find out if that was down to the managers or that was down to something else. Well, because for now, let's just be thankful we, we've... Somebody seems to identify this problem. It's an interesting one, isn't it, that he's, he's come out and made those comments now because he's and he's made some comments as well on, on the back of Hume's, the announcement that Hume's had for three to four weeks. Now, there's... Obviously, we've talked before about Parkinson's comments about, you know, saying, oh, you know, there was positives and all this kind of thing. Like, he's, you know, arguably he's protecting players and we don't know what he's been saying to them or telling them to do outside of those situations. We've got somebody who's coming here straight away and publicly made people aware that I want these players to do these things um, and I'm going to basically back yourself to, to make them do it. So if he can't, it's either his fault or the players' fault. In in in, in six, seven, eight games' time, if it's still crap, he's either going to have to say, "Well, I'm not getting the best out of the group." I've got to say, or just basically, the players I've got aren't aren't capable of playing the football that I want to play. That's the only that's the only two ways it can go, isn't it? Well, really, like if it doesn't work, it's gonna, it's gonna and, and we'll fa- we'll find out a lot about you know he's talking about you know muscle in, like muscle injuries today with Denver Hume and. You know, yeah, COVID increases them, and there's been a forty-five percent increase in muscle injuries. And almost saying like, if I'd been here six six weeks ago, then Denver Hume wouldn't be having wouldn't have a pulled hamstring. That's basically. Mary, I don't buy that because I think if Parkinson got one thing right, it was a very bold statement to make after after like being in the job for two days. But I just don't believe it anyway. Like I say, I think if we got anything right under Parkinson, it was physical fitness. But that's what he got praised for, wasn't it? Him and Alamby. That like was we were, said, were fit. They came in, they were blown out their ass, and then by the by mid January, February, they'd got them fit again. That that was one of the big but kicks in the box. I don't think, Arlington. but fitness fit fitness is different to you know. It is to, to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, fatigue. You know, and, and, and muscle fatigue, and, and doing too much, and not managing that. Well, and that's different. We can yeah, certainly players, say that. Yeah. Because, and it's interesting that when you were looking at some of the comments from Bristol City fans, the main criticism that they had of Lee Johnson was that he changed it too often, and like it was too much variety. Whereas, like the the, the complaint of Parkinson that he does not change it <laughs> at all. So maybe, maybe yeah, that you know, <laughs> it's going to be positive. It's going to be that's going to be that negative that they had about him is going to be a, a positive thing for us in that using that 
the variety of players, even though we are but, depleted uh, in the moment. But then you the know what we'll be back now, don't you? We'll be back now. We'll be back now. He changes it every week. He needs to find his best 11. Just like we had under Jack Ross. <laughs> it just goes mean, in I cycles. Think, <laughs> I think, in fairness, though, one of the, and we've said it multiple times, and I think we even said it during the good run. One of the things under Parkinson was we only really had one way of playing. Like, we only, once team, basically last season, once teams sussed out that human Gutierrez to attacking outlets, that was when we went on that crap run just before COVID hit. So it's it's kind of like, I, I, I get what you're saying there, Craig, but I do, I do think one of the things, we, we need like a bit of a jolt, we need a bit of variety, we need... Yeah, I definitely agree we, with that. We need some, and I think the, the problem that Johnson's going to struggle with, and th- again, through no fault of his own, is... He's going to be entrusted with players who, as much as he might want to play this attack on football and that, the current crop of first-team players, I'm not sure they can, certainly up top, I mean, up top, unless, I know we've talked about how Rory is before, but unless he brings in somebody like Kim Bioga, and I'm not really sure exactly, because he's got he's got Wyke and Graham. I mean, signing sign Danny Graham, I was never on board with it anyway, but now that we've gone and changed the manager who presumably was dri- the driving force behind getting him in, it just looks even more idiotic. So it's like, it's going to be it's going to be a tough task for him. And I, and I think the, 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 the other problem is, is he's kind of, look, people are expecting to get promoted this year. If we don't get promoted this year, nobody's going to turn around and say, well, he only got the job in December, let's give him another year. People are going to say, well, that was shit. And we've once again failed to get promoted. And why hasn't he achieved it? Whether that's fair or not, that's what's going to happen. Well, I and think, Chris, to, to, to be honest, part of it, though, is I think the next step is fans are going to start turning on the players more. So I think Parkinson took the, the sort of a lot of it, right? A lot of the flack, and rightly so, because his football was dire. And I don't think, I do think we were underperforming, but almost immediately in the two games post Parkinson, the immediate reaction's been. These, these aren't good enough. No. The, the, all the things you've just highlighted about the lack of variety and all those other things. I mean, a, another player you can add into the mix there when you talk about McGeady and his age is Maguire. Yeah. Now, I, I was against giving him another year because I just thought we should be looking to bring in a different type of player. Now, obviously, as it happens, despite his appalling performances for the majority of this season, he's still one of the main contributors in terms of goals and assists. But the main player that we're missing is Gooch. Without yeah. a doubt, he is the been, only one who can press from the front. The that's only been the case one. since we came down. Like I think, yeah. if you if you look since we came down, if you track Lyndon Gooch's form against the team's form as a whole, it's basically like correlated. Like when he plays badly, we're poor. When he plays well, we tend to win. And that's when he's not case. available. Just when you he's can not forget it at the shit. minute. I mean, yeah. Go- yeah. I mean, Gooch is a Gooch is a Gooch is a bottom level championship player, in my opinion. In terms of his quality, that he that he has, the the issue that he's got is obviously the the consistency. So I totally agree with you in that. I know somebody might disagree with it, but I would say no, he, I would agree with he would be fine. He would be I think he'd be fine, sort of. You know, yeah, entry level championship player. Um, but you know, the I I mean I was for giving Mag- Maguire a, a deal, but you, you point the points, the counterpoints that you've raised. Are, you know, more than valid, I think, you know, with I know we've had this argument right at the start of the season, Chris, about the kind of players we should have been bringing in and who we should have been offering contracts to. Um but there was a there has to be yeah. a balance. And we, we had we at the by the end of the window we we'd failed it. we'd failed to get that balance right because we just piled on more sort of like old slow, you know, kind of burnt out. I was footballers. gonna say your point your point was more pragmatic because you were kind of saying, Well, we've got Maguire who has proven he can do it, what we need to do is surround him with a bit of youth, with a bit of energy, yeah, a bit of fair. variety. So and I think that's fine. The, the problem is, which you couldn't, we couldn't have predicted, well, potentially we could, but it would be unfair to have to have said it before it transpired, is if we just keep going signing the same sort of players, we're, we're, we're not going to get any better. And I, and I think, truthfully, like in the since we've come down here, now we've had five transfer windows, and I would argue we've regressed each and every time. Without a doubt. I think we've got worse each and every time. Um, you could make a very slight argument that last January we improved in picking up um, Bailey Wright. But 
mean, he's like he's turned like off very, milk him I mean what on earth's going on with his performances he's absolutely awful at the moment the, the problem is the, the problem and this is why I, I do think getting someone like Johnson in will at some stage see a lift is both well Ross started off quite attacking and then he became seemed to become obsessed with conceding goals and he became too defensive and that did for him Parkinson was defensive from the get go. Even in those, even in those games, yeah, I know there was a few games where we got after teams when we were three 0 up at half time and that. But overall, he's a defensive manager. Now Johnson's apparently the exact opposite of that, and that's what you need to be in this division. Like I know it, it sounds cliche that it's like we don't, we don't have a god given right to be out of this division, but you could not be manager of Sunderland FC in League One and set up not to concede. Like you, no. You, You've got to, because the problem is as well, it, it we talked about this during the good run at the start of the season. We said it's putting a lot of pressure on the defence. And once they go, which wasn't it wasn't a certainty, but it has happened. Once they go, you're really struggling to make it back up. Because, we, look, Stephen touched on it earlier. Like, we have missed a nation of chances this year. Like, it's shocking how many cha- how many yeah. good chances we've missed. And, you know what, if, we're, if we'd had... A striker who could who could put the ball in the back of the net, which we thought Greg was, and I've argued he was, and I think I'm very quickly getting proven wrong. Parkinson might still be in a job because there were, there's been games this season when we created more than enough chances, but the problem has been we haven't got those players, and now the other end of the pitch is gone. And watching them on Saturday, look, the managers only had two hours, so you'd probably I think, won't see a lift. Uh, you know, they looked really low. Looking at it objectively, I think a manager would look at the two goals we've just conceded and say that, like we've already pointed out, individual mistakes. And that I think from the attacking point of view, it doesn't help that Gooch isn't fit. It doesn't help that all nine now isn't fit. And yeah, all nine is a huge miss as well. These well, are yeah. really important attacking players to us. And managers, whoever oh, yeah, it is, are, are, they're, they're going to struggle with, with, if you want to build tens- intensity up going forward, you're going to struggle with that. I think comp- when you keep missing all these chances, the lack of confidence comes in and compounds things, doesn't it? And I, I do, I do like the fact Johnson. I might worry that he might say too much at times, but I do like the idea that he's a character and he and he and he's and he's a talker. I think we need those kind of people here, and probably Chris Coleman was the last manager yeah. we had who had that sort of presence and charisma about him. And I don't think any. Of the, I mean, Jack Ross was all right. I quite liked him, but he wasn't. He wasn't always the most uplifting of characters, was he? No. And um, and so I, I I do I do like that. And he, he commented on the the dressing room being quiet as well. And hopefully, it just adds a bit of spice in there. We get a few more shouters on the pitch. How many times do we say that? And this is different now. Crowds aren't in, but the players don't hound the ref enough when when opposition's mm. players time waste, for example. And and you know when when they want a decision to go for them, and he does seem like the cursed kind of person. Who would bring all 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 that anyway? I don't want to talk anymore about the the Wigan game, and I do want to spend the last sort of fifteen minutes um, talking about the new sporting director or director of football or whatever his title is, and of course, just who the hell is running the club. <laughs> so we are going to have a break, and then we'll do that. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Kevin Kyle, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. As has already been discussed here during this little conversation, I'm sitting in my conservatory absolutely freezing um, with a coat on because it's the only place I can get quiet to record a podcast. And um, I could do worse than go across to, from the terraces and look at some of the jackets that they offer there. We've got a Lambton pullover jacket. We've got a Stratton jacket. We've got a Mowbray Windrunner jacket. That's on top of gilets and hoodies and sweatshirts and other winter accessories that you might find yourself wearing if you are into your terrace attire. Is that the terminology? Terrace attire? It is now, so... <laughs> Works, doesn't it? Fine, yeah, I like it. Attire is a yeah. great word, underused. Attire, definitely. Yeah. Garms, attire. Um, I can't think of any others. <laughs> <laughs> Give us, go around the table and tell us your favourite from the terrace item because we've all got plenty. We've all been purchasing. I, I've actually just bought one of those Mowbray jackets. And they're, they're very nice. I mean, Did I mean, you? Can't, can't really go anywhere, so I'll just go out in my garden and put it on. But Did... it, it does the job. <laughs> Did you use a uh, discount code for it, did you? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's not very nice, is it, Craig? Well, I just wonder. I mean, that's what we're here talking about, isn't it? Chrissy was, try- he was trying to get you, the, you... You lost the broadcasting rules there. Yeah. He was just trying to get the discount code out of you I was there. teeing you up. It was just, it was just, it was just supposed, supposed to be so you could do the plug. I told you that I'm very bad at this. You, you will grig that. You missed all your Danny Graham did, headed <laughs> it onto the bar from under the bar. <laughs> <laughs> We'll Gareth can, can tell our listeners our discount code. It's WMS10 to get 10% off your baskets. There it is. There you go. Long sleeve polo for me. Go. Long sleeve polo is the correct answer wow. as well when it comes to uh, the perfect terrace garm. Great. Yeah, it is Christmas as well, so um, if you're thinking about cre- presents for um, somebody in your family... Um, go get your discount code WMS10 to get 10% off from the terraces. Go look at the website and see all of the clothes that they do sell on there. You won't be disappointed. Right. Okay. Talk about being disappointed. <laughs> um, and we aren't being negative, by the way, because I would just like to say that we are, I think we're all, we've, we've made it clear that we're all happy about the, relatively happy about the Johnson appointment. Definitely. Um, what about the appointment of the... I'm not even sure what his title is. Is it Spartan Director? Is that That's what right. I'm confused as well. Chris, you seem to know this kind of stuff. Uh, you've, you've gone and done it here because I'm going to check while we're on. I'm going to check exactly I don't know. Do you know, Gareth? Can you remember the exact name it's of his great, title? It's great prep. This Brilliant is. research yeah. from us. It's been, it's been a very uh, hectic week. Because we, 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 jo- we all know what job it is, it's, but yeah. they've just got different titles per I think it's Sporting Director. Yeah, there you go, Sporting Director. It is Sporting Director. I did have, I did have that in my notes, but then I just wasn't it's good sure. Good to sound like we all sound really clued up in that. That's, that's should, the we just, well, should we just cut that bit really cleverly? No, no, I can't be asked to do that. <laughs> there's, lot, there's lots of LinkedIn wibble now. That's where it's waiting the football, isn't there? And that's that's another one because everyone thinks yes. there could be director of football, sporting director, head of technical director. Yeah, technical director, blah blah. It's all the same thing. Head of football yeah. operations. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah it's all head of football thing. operations. That's a good one. That, that was the Richard Hillism, wasn't it? Yeah. He was head of, despite being nowhere near the first no team, he was head of football team. operations. I think. <laughs> I miss him. I miss I miss Dickie Hill, like. Yeah, especially when he saved the club. When he saved the club. Yeah, I miss that. Thank, thank the Lord. Should we all raise a drink to him? Yeah, thank you, Richard. Yeah, I think we should. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> when he opens his door, when he opens his door, there's just Christmas cards like coming up yeah. on his knees. Well, of all the thank. Save us again, Richard. Written, Come written back. Them. Save us again. No, no, it's, how, yeah. we, how have we got the time to send him letters when we send Charlie and Stuart thousands of letters oh, in April point. or whatever yeah, it yeah. was, asking them to point. stay. Oh yeah, yeah. They got the they got the thousands of letters asking them to stay, didn't they? Did they? My, oh my well, post, fans are my turning, postage yeah. costs have gone through the roof this year. They must have, well, they must have listened to those letters then, because they are certainly hanging around, <laughs> right? So it seems well, involved in the new structure. That's a segue of that. Get it. I know we haven't even talked about Christian Speakman yet, because we're still trying yes. to work out what his job is. <laughs> well, that's that's. I mean, right? Look, people's early early impressions of of Speakman. Well, I think uh, it was... I'll just quickly say, because I don't, I don't have a general opinion on this role or him because I don't know a lot about him, but 
I thought it was quite telling that Jude Bellingham uh, was congratulating him and wishing him well and saying he he basically conveyed a sense of how well thought he was thought of he was at Birmingham among, among young players. It instantly legitimised him, that, it did. didn't it, in a way? Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. obviously mm. that was a key part of his role there, was the, the academy stuff. Now, I know some Birmingham fans say it was this other guy uh, who was the academy manager who was more responsible for that, who we've also been linked with, but things seem to have gone a little bit quiet on that front. I don't know if he, if he did get the job and it's just been quietly announced or it's just disappeared off the radar for the time being. Uh, what's he called? Mike Reed, I think. Mike Dodds. Mike Dodd, no, sorry. Mike I knew he sounded like... Mike Reed was an EastEnders, was EastEnders? <laughs> I was going to say, when he did sound like he should be a, a character out of Coronation Street yeah. or something, didn't he? So, yeah. EastEnders. I went EastEnders, EastEnders by mistake. I'm crossing <laughs> my streets and uh, areas of the country. Silent, but anyway... Well, EastEnders would be um, Tier 2 and Coronation Street would be Tier 3. That's right. That's how you need, to, <laughs> how so you need I, to think of it. The last thing I'll say about Speakman, and from my personal opinion, is... The role, the existence of the role at the club is something that's been long overdue. Yeah, Why this hasn't great. been done two years ago when we could have been doing things a lot better for the past two years is anyone's guess. The next it's point not a guess, be, it's because I want to sell like the club. Sorry, go on. Appointment. That's, but I don't know a lot about, about him, but from what you can gather, I think him and Johnson both seem like good appointments, especially considering where we are in the football pyramid. No, I agree with that. I thought he's speaks quite impressively as well which is isn't to say that he's gonna he's gonna be brilliant but you know we we want to be positive about it and uh, we we see and we like the fact that Johnson's got character and personality and I think he's got that as well and that that's the only place you can start really isn't it before you start showing people what you you can actually do yeah I thought I thought um I thought he spoke well um I will caveat that with the fact that I think People often do when they first come in. He's hardly likely to say, mm-hmm. "I want us, I want us to be shit for ten years." But no, I thought, I, th- I thought he, I thought he spoke well. I thought, um, I thought he sounded intelligent, and I, I think, look, it is. It's, it's definitely a step forward be- because we've regressed so far that it could hardly be anything but like I, we've, we've been screaming for a structure. And he, yeah, and even just the position, as we've mentioned lots of times, it's just. What it means is, so we've so we've acknowledged now that Johnson's got this problem because he plays a style of football we all want to see as Sunderland fans: pressing from the front, move the ball quickly, attacking football. He doesn't have a squad for it at all, so it's a rebuilding job, which will be interesting to see how much back, uh, how much support he gets, and how much he's backed in that. Obviously, the wage cap comes in a little bit, which we'll get onto. Um, but this should minimise disruption if a manager or a head coach is going to leave in the future, shouldn't it? And you, I think that's an important so. thing. And I think. I think the thing is as well, like it would be very un- even if we if we were sat here a year from now, unless something glaringly bad has happened, I think it would be pretty unfair of us to even comment too much on his role because really the role he's been brought into it sounds like it's very academy focused from what he from what he said, and you're not going to see in any club you're not going to see like the kind of effect of that for a couple of years I would argue at our club it's going to be even longer because of what's gone on over the last two years like there aren't going to be there aren't going to be like first teamers coming through from like the under 17s under 18s and that because they've, they've been sold they've sold them all yeah exactly so yeah. it would be completely unfair if in a year's time we're not really filling the first team up with with young kids to have a go at him because, quite frankly, this is and this is what a lot of people have said, and I've seen people say it online and stuff. Is the damage that's been done here? Like, isn't the fact that we're, isn't only the fact that we haven't been promoted? It's it's the fact that the club's future is being sold down the river. Now, if they're taking a step towards redressing that, great. Um, like I say, he spoke well. Um, at the same time, I don't. And I don't think people are really seeing this, but I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves and think, oh, this is like some, we're the only club doing this. I had a look and there's there's probably 10 or 12 championship clubs that have got a sporting director in place, Birmingham, evidently, who want. And that's not to say we're going to be the same as them. We might well be better than them. But I think it's a, it's a step forward. But there's an awful lot that needs to happen before we can categorically say well, that it's a success. One of the things will be actually staffing roles. The academy, which is good as well. Oh yeah, of course. But I think the problem, well, the only problem with that is that really it's music to our ears, but only because of what's gone on in the last two years, and um, only because it has been so 
disgracefully neglected. And now that that isn't criticising him, and I'm not complaining about what's happened. I think it's just it's an in some ways it's an expectations game, and quite frankly, this is the way it should have been since well before now. Which isn't a criticism of him. It's not a criticism of the appointment. It's just what should have been happening. I think Craig said it before. There's or maybe you, Stephen. This is what should have happened two years ago. There is two. Yeah, and yeah. well, the the, yeah. the 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 thing the thing is here, right? He's been put into a role that didn't exist previously at the club, while many very important roles have been left vacated for quite some time now. I mean, effectively, we don't really have a chairman because uh, Stuart Donald didn't he step down from that role. Uh, or yeah. step away from it at some point. We don't have an academy manager. Un- uh, we don't have people managing at a whole variety of levels. And he's got his work cut out straight away in basically populating those roles. And that, that that's his first key test, I think, is bringing in good people to manage in different areas of the football club. At least that's his area. No, so I'm, you, no, you would, no I'm, I think he's you, got the credentials. You would hope he would get those appointments yeah. right, wouldn't I, you? I think, no, I, sorry, I, I didn't mean that to come across like that. I meant he's got his work cut out mm. in the sense that I would imagine most people in his position would walk into a club and people would already be in those roles. And he might want to bring yeah. his own people in, but at least there's people there. Right now, it's yeah. him. It's it just he, him. He, 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 might, he, might, he might say that's what excites him, though. Well, that, and that's great. He can build this himself. Yeah. Like, you know, thinking about things positively. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, that, As that I would always be great. do. Yeah. <laughs> and the no, that would be great. If, that, if that's the mindset, it's fantastic. I don't know if, if, if you three saw, but the, the piece in the athletic did you um, talked quite a lot about kind of that him having a focus on the academy side of things and it, I can't remember the exact word but it's quoted a senior club source as talking about needing a long term plan and needing um, needing not to look at games like Wigan as in this is a big game in the here and now more like we've got a plan we're sticking to it and I, th- I thought that was interesting um, my concern is who that senior source is um, because if it's someone who has been at the club in that either in the last six months or the last two years anyway, the question has to be: Well, why the hell haven't we been doing this in the first place? Like we've all been screaming for it. Like, and it, people can see if fans don't know what they're talking about. But I, I think if you listened to a cross section of Southern podcasts and read a cross section of Southern fanzines, you would find very few people arguing in favour of what's gone on at the academy recently. And I think. Um, I think yeah, it's a, it's a step forward, but it's a massive job. Like it's not just the first team that's a big job. Like redressing what's gone on at that academy over the last two and a half years, it's it's an absolutely enormous job, and hopefully he realizes that, and hopefully whoever's making these decisions realizes that, because what this mm. club can't do anymore is the decisions haven't for two and a half years. Decisions haven't been made, in my opinion, with. Someone DFC's interests at the top of the priority list, and that that needs to change because we're not going to go anywhere if it doesn't. These 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 appointments are the first. Uh, this is the sort of first nod towards long termism we've seen since these current owners took control of the club. Yeah. Um. In two thousand eighteen, I don't think anybody can argue with that, and it's for that reason why we are going to ask questions, and it's not because we've got an agenda or because we're negative. Um, it's because we will applaud these these appointments, but if, you know, it, it would be wrong for us not to just accept it and not ask questions and not question some stuff. I think, you know, brute, being brutally honest as well, you know, had, had the owners put in 20 million quid that they said they were going to put back in, we might not have asked these questions. If they hadn't have said our fans were shopping at Wembley and Charlton were a bigger club or words to that effect... We might not have asked these questions if if they hadn't have set a hundred point target on a podcast and then called the fans unrealistic, even blaming them for um, scuppering potential takeovers. We might not have asked these questions if Stu Donald hadn't have said he was going to sell the club, um, he didn't want any part of it, and it was going to be handed over to somebody. He was going to leave. Um, we wouldn't have asked these questions. You know what? If we'd heard from Juan Satori about anything <laughs> of note in the last twelve months. Because he's been a shareholder this whole time. 24 months. We might not have been asked... Well, we might not... Yeah, sorry, 24 months. So we might not have asked any of these questions. And that's a tip of the iceberg there. I'm just touching on a few things. And the Satori one is an interesting place to start. So this is is the the idea of, you know, the joint idea of Satori. Why have you not heard from Juan Satori on anything? Ever. Ever. 
Why has he done nothing? Yeah. If he's been here all this time and he's that interested in the football club that he wants to up his stake in the football club, why have you let it go to rot? Why haven't you been coming up with this grand vision that you've suddenly got uh, now? Where's this been for two years? What have you been doing? Why, has he, why has he apparently not spoken to the manager who just hired? Well, like, that's another a good one. Like, let's be like, let's let's be fair here. Yesterday, a story came out that said that the new owner, um, the, sorry, purported new owner, if it happens or when it happens, had well, it's happened on Friday, didn't it? That was the that was the day Friday. It, was it? Well, isn't that, I, is, is it not? Has it not been announced yet? Sorry, not, oh. I, I live in concert, Craig. I'm like weeks <laughs> behind. Um, it was, that was that was me being really terribly sarcastic. <laughs> so, sorry, Chris. No, no, no. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's um. It's like we, there was widely but... reported that it would be done by Friday. It was. It that was, wasn't the, it, before that. When the Guardian brought this story, it was meant to be done the week before that as well. I might add. But let's so, be, let's be fair. It was reported that the deal would be done by Friday or Saturday, on the same day that some very disparaging messages. From a certain shareholder was saying it, and also on the same day that the Red and White Army demanded a takeover update. So I suppose people can read into that what they will. But I think with with regards what I was saying, I was we were told. Sorry, no, we weren't told. There was a story came out, clearly sourced, but there were no quotes, um, which said that Kevin Louis Dreyfus had spoken to um, potential new managers. Um, this morning, quotes come out, which I think were actually made after the game on Saturday. That was the vibe I got. Quotes came out from Lee Johnson where he said um, he spoke to Jim Rodwell, he spoke to Speakman, he spoke to, and this was a big surprise to me because I genuinely did believe he wouldn't. It was the other one I was worried about. I didn't believe Stuart Donovan would have any ongoing involvement, but Lee Johnson said Stuart is obviously part of the discussion when they were talking about... Um, some grand vision to have and he went on to say that he hasn't spoken to other members of the ownership group which is the new buzz phrase and it just leaves you wondering well first of all why because we've heard the counter arguments across the day that well Stuart Donald owns 74% of the club at the minute so why of course he's going to speak to the new manager first of all Ellis Short never spoke to Chris Coleman so that doesn't really hold water Second of all... Do you mean Jack Ross there, by the way? Or do you mean Ellis Short never spoke to Chris Coleman? I said Ellis Short. Did it come I know, but wasn't Ellis Short still owner when we had Chris Coleman? Yeah, but Martin Bain did all... No, sorry, no, I was a bit lost. Yes, sorry, yeah, so got that, you. Continue. Yeah. Well, the, well, the like, others... Doesn't Chris, necessarily have well, to speak to them. And tangential to that would be, if we're being taken over, why don't they just... Well, why do all we? this when the takeovers <laughs> happened? Why does there need to be this bizarre segue between yeah. ownerships? Like this okay. convoluted, oh, but they, you know, secretly, Kirill Louis Dreyfus is swooping in in the shadows to talk. That well, all right, forget him. If he's going to be part of a new joint ownership thing with uh, Sartori, why wasn't Sartori there? He owns yeah. part of the club. He doesn't need to be doing anything well, in like, the shadows. Exactly. And the thing is, and look, like we've we on here we've taken and I personally have taken plenty of stick for seeing. We don't believe much is going on, this, that and the other. Now, evidently, something is going on. But it is, this Friday will be a month since the story came out in The Guardian. It will be a fortnight since we were told that it would be done by another source recently. And that's not to say that it's not going to happen. And, I mean, we might go under the semantics of whether it even counts as a full takeover or whatever. But the fact of the matter is... If this was as slick and as we would hope it would be, surely what you would do is you'd get all your ducks in a row and you'd get your sporting director lined up, you'd get your manager lined up, you'd announce the takeover or whatever it is with them side by side or with them flanked by the new guy. And it, Because at the minute, what appears to be happening is we appear to be making decisions before the deal is completed. And then not only that, based on the manager's comments today, people from the old regime who have claimed they're going to be nowhere near it, who we keep getting told are going to be nowhere near it, and who, quite frankly, none of us want to be anywhere near it, they're involved in the discussion. Now, why on earth, why the hiring, if, if that's the case, why did the sack Parkinson when they did, why, why are they hiring a manager now 
if the argument is that the old regime have got to be a part of the discussion, and the only thing you led to is that they're going to continue to be part of the discussion. I think it's fair that you know, firstly, that you know, the takeover, if we're going to call it that, or not takeover, you know, investment or whatever it is, and, and that, that's that's a phrase that Donald used before, so I can't say this is any different if they're going to stay around. So news of that could drop any minute, let's be frank. So yeah, some, could you know, some, yeah. people, people could listen to this podcast and then and then it could be all announced and then you could get a full interview with this new guy coming in, right? So we, we, we will say we acknowledge that. I think the issue is, and, and to me, it's a, something is happening. Otherwise, they wouldn't have went out and appointed two a new manager and a new sport director I because agree. they didn't have the they, they didn't have the money to do that. Let's be honest. So something's happening. I think the issue is is why I think we can all ask a question, and again, they might come out and answer this. Okay, why are the new guys? You can't really call Satori new guy, but for the for the purpose of this, we'll call the new guy. Will you use plural and say new guys? Why are they leaning on people? who are already at the club, who have said they want to leave the club, who now seemingly don't want to leave the, the club. The big problem, Stephen, is it, it's a matter of trust. Like, it, 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 it's a huge matter of trust because now we're in a position... Yesterday, I tried, tried to take a little bit of, bit of a break from, like, checking Twitter for everything that's going on every bloody hour of the day because last week was just... Me and Craig talked about it... Um, offline but like last week got nothing done because like you're constantly wondering what's going on this that and the other now but yesterday that story came out and look i'm quite a hardened cynic but my first thought was there's no quotes in this where's this where's the story come from and you end up you end up analyzing absolutely everything that gets said yeah. you end up analyzing where where's that come from what does he mean by like today today People are arguing back and forth over what Johnson said, or maybe he said it to throw people off the scent because the new guys can't be seen to be involved in this, that and the other. And I'm sorry, but can I just say about that? If Lee Johnson was being appointed by... If he was about to take over as a manager of a football club and the people appointing you were saying, don't say these things in the public eye because it'll <laughs> reveal the truth about the ownership, he would have just ran a mile. But, but There's the no is, way they could the get away well, with that. The thing is as well, if he's been briefed on not mentioning the new owners in cases it jeopardises something. Well, that, that's why, fair enough. That's sure, different. But surely he would be briefed to say, by the way, do not, under any circumstances, say Stuart Donald's sport here because it's like a red no, rag to No, that's my point, Chris. They, they couldn't say that to him because... <laughs> They're the ones selling him the vision. They can't then turn around and say, but unfortunately, fans don't want to hear of my involvement. I think this they, is the, this they is the couldn't problem. do that. No this way. This is the problem with, with them hanging around, and we can either talk about it or not, but it, it, no matter how much of a percentage they hold on to, no matter, no matter what happens, if people... I saw something the other day where... Um, it, it was a bit derogatory, really. It said that like people don't understand, people who don't understand the deal... Seeing stuff like this, it's the sort of stuff people see down the pub, and I thought, you know what it is though, that's our fan base. Like our, like they're not sad like me and analyse everything <laughs> to the nth degree. No, but it's true. It's true. The thing is, at the end of the day, right? This is this is why these guys when they came in two years ago. This is why people got behind them because they take what they're given at face value. Now, if if they see that these blokes are still involved, even if it's only 20%, even if, and I don't believe this is the case, even if they've got 20% and they're sat down in Oxford, nobody's answering the phone to them when they're ringing up, people are going to look and say, I don't support the people in charge of my football club. And that's a really hard thing. And it, the trust is really difficult to get back. We all sat here two and a half years ago and said, this is the furthest away from the club we've ever felt. These guys came in, they took advantage of it, and they've made it worse. And that, that's going to take an incredibly long time to fix. And in my opinion, anyway, as long as these guys are involved, they are not going to get people on side. And the biggest problem is this kid, any... Sorry, I shouldn't call him a kid, Louis Dreyfus. If he comes in, <laughs> right? But if PLD, he in, man. He's ham, but he's hamstrung from the start by association with these people. The best thing he could do right now... And you never know, this might have happened because we've seen what's happened in the last week. We've seen the stuff that's come out. He might have gone, hang on a minute. What's what's all it? The fans absolutely hate you lot. And he might be <laughs> saying right now, right, you're gone. I'll buy the whole thing and I'll do it my way. That would be music to everyone's ears. We'd all get behind it. Don't, of course. I don't, even, I don't care that he's 23-year-old and never ran a football club before. <laughs> get rid of these. Honestly, like I'll get the champagne out. But the problem is, if that doesn't happen and... 
people aren't making stuff up. People aren't saying that these blokes are making decisions. The, the bloody managers give give the game away today. People aren't making stuff up. So the hamstrung from the start, and it it's it's shit. It, it, it's sickening. I said last week, I, I want to stop talking about this off-the-field stuff, but we can't because it doesn't feel like we're getting this clean break. I think we, we need to clarify our position as well. So so if somebody, you know, if some news comes out from the, from the top now, right, you guys come in, I'm taking control, um, Speakman and Johnson say, right, because they both mentioned they were sole of vision for the club. Yeah. Okay. So if they turn around now and say, I was sole of vision... By um, Louis Dreyfus and Juan Satori, okay, then people don't need to get into trouble and say, "Ha, there you go," because we want that to be the answer. Absolutely. Like, we, we, well, not so much Juan Satori, but we, yeah, no, okay, <laughs> yeah. but but we but we are asking these questions, okay? We aren't saying this is happening, that's happening, and everything before that's gone on justifies that stance. So if they turn around tomorrow and put our mind at rest then, you know, you don't need to be smug about it because nobody will be happier than us. Because believe you me, right, I care more about Sunderland than any of these people, I promise you. Okay? Yep. So that's just it's making just the, clear our stance. There's the, nothing wrong the thing is, with asking, well. asking questions. It's the gymnastics that people will do to, you know, the, it's just exhausting now. Like, it's been going on for... It is. This it has is. been going on for over a year. And, like, the, gym, like, the gymnastics people do because... The need to be positive about it, and I get that. And the things that people will do to justify whatever's going to happen next, in the hope that I'll be brilliant, and I get that. Like, like you say, I do it, understand it. it that, yeah. that, that, that is, everyone wants to be happy and positive about it, and, and we do too. Everyone does because people want, you know, something to to be excited about and be proud of. And I just think it's like, you know. Just the arguments are just ridiculous. It's just like semantics and what this person said and what that person could mean. If they said this, then they could mean this and that and you know all the kind of game playing, and the, all the game playing in the background about you know we, we're gonna you know it's gonna happen next week. It's gonna happen at the end of the month. You know it's gonna it's gonna be these people. You know all this kind of stuff. It's just like I'm just sick. I like honestly, I'm just sick of it now. Like I just. It's just very, very frustrating. And you, you just think, like, not like Stephen says, nobody, like, it's not about, like, being right or, like, you know, having some sort of, like, being able to, like, have one over on somebody like that. You know, it's about learning from what's happened. It's about learning. Everybody yeah. was mm, all, mm-hmm, everyone mm-hmm. was all in. We we get criticised for being apparently in bed with the owners and all in on the first time because we didn't we didn't hold them to account or something. We just apparently got our like bellies tickled by them, which is absolute bollocks. And you just think like, and now we get now if anyone says anything against this new potentially new thing that involves people who were there at the time and are still there now, you just think, well, what do you want us to do then? Not be just say they, this is great then and then in, in, in if it's shit in 18 months time people are going to have a pop at us then for not holding them to account when we all knew that they were going to be involved do you, do you know what I mean it's just you, you can't win it's just impossible well, exactly. the, the thing as well Gareth is like I think like people who look I get it I get people want people are desperate for something to hang on to people it's been Supporting football comes meant to be a hobby and it's meant to be a fun one at that. And it hasn't been for long long before these guys who are in now, it's been rubbish for the better part of a decade. It's been terrible. Like when I say like the best one of the best like footballing nights of my life is a two one penalty shootout at Old Trafford and that, it sounds pretty <laughs> tragic to anyone who doesn't support something like that. Like it's been, <laughs> it's been nobody has it's been shit. I know. And, mm. and the thing is, right? I think what well, we're not we're not being we don't have a negative agenda I saw someone suggesting that people who were highlighting concerns were trying to derail a takeover like it's told at the end of the day if this guy if the the deal breaker for this guy is that people don't want Charlie Methven involved then I'm sorry but he's he's not the answer anyway but what people need to realise is there's an awful lot of people who have spoken out to detriment of themselves in order to try and highlight issues about a football club that they care about and love far more than the people who are in charge. Like, just using WMS, like Wiseman's here as an example, 
used to do the fan zone, got booted from there for being critical of the club. People did that against their own interest because they stood up for what's right. Quite frankly, people look. People aren't making things up. Like we already know, this is an ex- well. They claim to be an extremely litigious ownership. The legal threats, the phone calls from the police, the aggression that you get on social media, quite frankly, isn't worth it unless you care a lot and are pretty sure of what you're saying. So when we ask questions, we're not doing it just to be rabble-rousers. We're not doing it just to get a bit of attention. We're doing it because we care an awful lot about the club. We've all spoke about it offline. We've all said like it's an obsession, and it's an unhealthy obsession at that. But we do care about the club. Now, people don't have to agree with everything we do, but what they should know is that people are coming at it from the right place. They're coming at it from the heart. And can we also say as well, just to to finish that point off, you're absolutely right, whoever said this before, it would be absolutely brilliant to be proved wrong on all this and for everything, all these things that we're reading into, for it to be the equivalent of some kind of mad conspiracy theory. But the fact is, the simplest answer is usually the clearest. And the clear answer is, don't, Put any spin on it and don't think about anything. Stuart Donald was clearly involved in the appointment of the manager. Now, when you were getting told about takeovers in the summer, if you thought any kind of takeover involved a transition where that was part of the process, would you have thought that was a takeover? And I can guarantee you the answer would have been no. Because this is the only takeover I can remember paying any attention to where there's this, this much of a knot in the middle of it. When we got taken over from between Short and the Coven crop, as Chris pointed out, Bain just went. That was it. Done. Coleman was gone. The new owners came in and a new process began when they were looking for the new manager. The, I've not seen anything like this in my life where there's this, this the, knot in the middle. The, the, the incredible, it's bizarre. The incredible irony of this is there were pains to tell us last year that FPP only wanted to invest in, well, not even in the club, in them apparently, despite the fact we all know and other people know and other people were advised by certain shareholders but for whatever reason won't come clean about it we all know that they they wanted to buy the club. Now this has all the hallmarks of this guy who The Athletic did it today, other outlets have said, he's not going to be on the ground, he's not going to be in the country it has all the hallmarks of him investing in their supposed vision but because they know everyone wants them out, they keep calling it a takeover. It's just, like Gareth said, I'm just sick of it. It's draining. Well, we, we would hope, we'd leave it now. It's, 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 let's hope we we'll log off now and uh, the takeover's done and we've got yeah. a new owner with no, and, no, and no one else involved, just this yeah. new I owner. Just, it's a 50-50 between FPP and, and Curly. What we want to hear is... <laughs> <laughs> we we want to hear what this vision was that's been sold to the new yeah. two guys who've come in. We want to hear this vision and we want to know whose vision it is. Right? Okay. Thanks for listening. Extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.